You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network. New shows every day. Find us at thehockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from. It's everyone's favorite tournament of the year. The golfers are in Augusta, Georgia to compete for the coveted jacket. And DraftKings, the leader in one-day fantasy sports, is putting you in the center of the action by giving you a shot to land in the green. This week, DraftKings is giving you a free shot at $1 million top prize when you download and sign up using promo code THPN. If you haven't tried DraftKings Daily Fantasy, this is the time. It's easy to play. Pick six golfers, stay under the salary cap, and submit your lineup before the tournament tees off early Thursday morning. Then sit back and follow the action. The more red numbers they have on the leaderboard, the closer you'll be to winning some green. Rack up points for pars, birdies, finishing positions, and more. Even though you may not be able to hit the course with the pros, DraftKings is giving you the chance to scratch your competitive itch and reign supreme. Download the DraftKings app now and use promo code THPN during sign-up. This week, DraftKings is putting you in the action with a free shot at the $1 million top prize. That's code THPN, and you can get a free shot at the $1 million top prize only at DraftKings. Minimum $5 deposit required. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. Hello and welcome to the Ice Guys, brought to you by the Hockey Podcast Network. This is the show that takes you into the world of the National Hockey League. Every game, every day, from a sports betting perspective. With pro handicappers Alex B. Smith and Ian Cameron, and veteran sports writer Jimmy Murphy. And now, here's your host, Ian Cameron. Welcome to the Ice Guys, presented by the Hockey Podcast Network. It is Sunday, April 11th. For you golf fans out there, it's Masters Sunday. We're going to see someone uh, donning the green jacket today uh, with the final round of the Masters taking place uh we're looking forward to that uh but this is the ice guys this is a hockey show so we got a uh, we'll be talking hockey as we always do each and every day seven days a week uh here on the show we'll break down the sunday card we'll look back on saturday's nhl slate and we have a special guest that we've had on the show before once and happy to have him back a pro hockey player for many years devin didio medi joining us on the show once again uh devin welcome into the ice guys uh how's things going for you right now Hey, thanks a lot for having me. Uh, we're in another lockdown here in Ontario, so there's not really much going yeah, on. About it. <laughs> and it's, it's brutal. So, uh, yeah, other than that, I wish I could tell you something was going on, but there's nothing going on at all. So here to, uh, to talk hockey today, hopefully do a little bit better than last time. I think I went two for four last time, so I'll try and improve on that. And hopefully you guys can win some money today. Yeah, two and two. That's, that's not terrible. Uh, you know, you always want to be better. I like that though. I like that attitude, man. You always want to be better. And I, I know I have to be better than yesterday. Yesterday was a bit of a tough day. The best bet cashed. We had the Blackhawks and the Blue Jackets over five and a half. So, uh, that got there uh, pretty easily, but, uh, not the Saturday I wanted on the betting board. And speaking of Saturday, uh, in the NHL, we'll, uh, briefly look back at what we saw last night. Look, if you're the Calgary Flames, sell the franchise get rid of Daryl Sutter, get rid of Goudreau, get rid of Monaghan, get rid of that entire core if they couldn't find a way to win last night. That scheduling spot was a Christmas gift come, you know, three, four months late for the Calgary Flames. And Devin, being someone that's played hockey, he knows how the schedule sometimes can catch up to teams when you play a lot of games in a condensed period of time. And when you see Edmonton, they play in four games in six days on the road this week in Montreal, back to back in Ottawa, Wednesday, Thursday, and then you're going to Calgary to play last night against a Flames team that hadn't played since Monday when they lost to the Toronto Maple Leafs. They're just sitting there a week, a week basically to practice, to rest. And then the Oilers also, uh, which I didn't find out until right before puck drop when Hockey Night in Canada mentioned it, they had a memorial service for Colby Cave, who of course is the Oiler that passed away tragically 
uh, last year. It was the one year anniversary of his passing. So they had that going on yesterday as well, Edmonton. So it was a physically, mentally, probably emotionally worn down hockey team last night. It sure looked it because they were a step slow. Calgary just took it to them. Uh, so give the Flames credit. And people, may, Montreal fans may not want to hear this, but you're going to hear it. Calgary, yeah, they're six points out. Montreal's got games in hand uh, for that final playoff spot. But Calgary plays Montreal head-to-head -head five more times this season. There's going to be opportunity for Calgary to get themselves back into the playoff mix. But the question is, are they capable of getting on a win streak and putting it together? You know, it's fine to, you know, shellack the Oilers in a brutal spot for Edmonton last night. And Calgary had been off for almost a week. But can you sustain that and keep it going? That's a big question mark. Uh, but first, you got to start with one win. Uh, and Calgary did that last night. So we'll give them credit for that. Uh, the Dallas Stars beat Florida. I was impressed with that yesterday. A nice win for the Stars. Florida, a lot of moves at the deadline they've made. I love the Brandon Montour addition getting him from the Buffalo Sabres. Look, you have to fill the void left by Aaron Ekblad. I like that the team is still going for it. You've got a good enough team to compete, I think, in the playoffs and maybe win and, and make a run. But you had to upgrade the blue line the moment Aaron Ekblad went down with that season-ending injury. They did that getting Brandon Montour, who, look, played for a shit team, obviously. Buffalo Sabres, terrible uh, team this year. But he played some great hockey before the trade. So I love the deal getting Brandon Montour from the – uh, Buffalo Sabres for Florida. Uh, we saw the Leafs win last night against Ottawa. Senators, as always, didn't make it easy uh, for the Toronto Maple Leafs, but they uh, hung on and got the win. And Jack Campbell makes NHL history. Uh, first goalie in NHL history to have 11 straight wins to start a season. So congrats to him. Uh, you knew the Leafs would go all out to try to win that for him. Every, there isn't anybody on that team, everybody known to man on that Leafs team tells you the same thing every day, that he's a great teammate, great guy. He's very humble. Uh, and so they love playing for, with Jack Campbell. And you could tell they were chomping at the bit to get the a win for him. Uh, the Montreal Canadiens, I don't know what the hell happened last night to them. A brutal performance by them against the Winnipeg Jets. They get shut out and dominated uh, in that game. I'll tell you what the problem is. Uh, Devin, I think I know what it is with Montreal. Brendan Gallagher being out. He's a heart and soul of that team. He's the one guy that'll go to the front of the net, take a couple of shots in the face, take a cross check to the back of the leg, and still go to the front of the net to try to score goals. That's a heart and soul emotional player that Montreal's without. I don't think they have enough other forwards that do what Brendan Gallagher does. And I think without him, you're seeing they're missing a little bit of something and they're not going to get him back anytime soon. So that's the worry. Uh, Devin, I'll throw it over to you. Anything from Saturday you want to talk about? I know there's a particular topic uh, that you want to talk about right now as well. So the floor is yours. Yeah, I, uh, about Saturday, I, number one, I can't believe what the league did to the Edmonton Oilers. You got a compact schedule like that. You got Calgary sitting in Calgary waiting for a team that's on the end of a road trip. And to add all to all of that, you got a team that just went through a memorial service for one of their ex-teammates. Like, give me a break, NHL. I heard Connor McDavid this morning speaking about it on, on NHL TV. It must have been an interview. And and he even said, you know, what's the NHL thinking on this one? It's it's completely ridiculous, number one, the scheduling. And number two, um, that that Colby Cave was, was a teammate, a lot of those guys. And they paid their respects to him yesterday, and then you got to play a game that night. You know, it's... These guys are NHL players. They get paid a lot of money. But at the same time, this is one of their friends, one of their teammates, a guy they saw every day. No human needs to get go through that, whether you're making $10 million a day or, or, or $10 a day. It's it's absolutely ridiculous. Yeah, it's uh, – look, I, I usually when, – when I hear the players complaining about something, usually I'm going to say, you know, suck it up. You're making millions of dollars. Deal with it. But this this is different. This is four games in six days and an East Coast swing back to Calgary. The other team's waiting for a week. And it, it's having that memorial for Colby. That's what does it for me to sympathize with where Edmonton stands on this and the players stand on this because that's an emotional event for a team. You know, an NHL team or a dressing room, you know that. It's like a family, especially if it's a dressing room that really has grows that friendship and that camaraderie in it. And it's a team that's really tight-knit. You know you get close with your teammates, and you have probably friendships that will last forever, even beyond your playing days. 
And when you lose someone that's a, a like teammate, that's one of yours, you know, it's a hard day. And so you think about the emotional, you know, uh, stress that you're put under having to, you know, say goodbye to your teammate, having the memorial for him. And then you got to try to play a hockey game you know, that same day. Uh, I mean, it's hard to fathom that the NHL was th that tone deaf, you know, in this kind of situation uh, to, to at least not, they don't mind rescheduling all these games for COVID issues throughout the course of the season that, Hey, this team's got a, a, a COVID-19 situation. We'll have to move the games. They couldn't move a game for Edmonton for, for a clearly emotional uh, situation and, and something that you knew there was going to be a significant distraction from playing hockey that this team was going to go through yesterday. Yeah. I think they could have done a much better job. I mean, put the game to today. I mean, put it another day, but they didn't need to play it uh, yesterday. And you could tell, I mean, Edmonton was flat as a pancake and, you know, based on the way they had played this week in terms of their travel schedule, that alone Devin was reason enough for them to be flat as a pancake, but then you throw on having the memorial of your, uh, of your teammate uh, and then having to play that night, that makes it 10 times, you know, that it's difficult to play a, a hockey game, let alone play well uh, in a hockey game. So yeah, bad job, I think, by the NHL there. I 100% I agree with you. And uh, another thing that's been pissing me off here too is every time I go on social media, which is few and far between these days, uh, I'm forced to watch a hit of whether it be clean, whether it be dirty, and everyone and their brother has something to say about it. Oh, it, it was an elbow. It was a check to the chest. It was this. It was that. Like, give me a fucking break. It's hockey here. This is a man's game. It always has been. It always will be. Not to say women can't play, but you have to be tough, whether you are a man or a woman, to play the sport. Um, I don't know if we're getting to a point here with the NHL where – we should just take out hitting. We should take out hawk, uh, fighting. Get the big sheet. Get the big European ice. Watch guys skate around as fast as they can. Watch them stick handle. Watch them do these amazing things. It, just have a complete skill game because that's the kind of way it's it's going to me. I mean, yeah, we have a little more fighting than, than we're used to, but at the same time, you can't even lay a body check these days without the media going absolutely ballistic. Like I can't tell you the last time there was a big check and there was nothing said about it. It, it. it seems with all these social media outlets, there's always something to be said now about a check. And it's like, you know, come on, let the guys play here. So that's kind of where I stand on that. Yeah, and there's been a bunch of questionable ones. The, the, there was a one with Connor Murphy for Chicago against Tampa a little while ago. I'm shocked that that one was uh, so heavily scrutinized as it was. And, uh, yeah, there's, of course, Connor McDavid gets a fine, not a suspension for a hit he made in the neutral ice area against uh, Jesperi Kotkaniemi of the Canadians. So uh, there's been a bunch of those uh, uh, examples of, yeah, uh, it's it's difficult now for players to know what's legal and what's not. What if I, what if I hit this guy along the boards? Am I going to get fined? Am I going to get suspended? There's always now going to be that thought in the back of the mind. What's going to happen to me from a supplement from a supplementary discipline standpoint, uh, moving forward. I mean, that's where we're at. And Brian Burke, who was a department of player safety for a while, that was one of his many jobs in the past. He always said when he worked in that department, half of the, you know, one team wanted to hang me. One team wanted to hug me. You know, when I made these decisions, there was always one fan base, one team that was upset and one team that thought, hey, good job because you suspended that guy or whatever the case may be. So uh, you're always going to have once one group of people liking what you did and the other group not liking what you did. Uh, I also know you said to me off air, you got some things you want to say too, uh, Devin, about uh, John Tortorella. I've ranted about uh, Patrick Lyonet quite a bit. This guy is, and finally scored a goal last night. It's about damn time. So your second goal in 21 games, bravo. Bravo, Patrick. Well done. Uh, you know, you definitely should be a, a what what an incredible contribution you've made to the Columbus Blue Jackets. But uh, nevertheless, uh, Devin, what do you think about uh, Torts here? I know he's benched guys left and right. We know Columbus is selling. They traded Savard. So, you know, they're waving the white flag in terms of the playoffs this year. What's your take on Torts? Well, I, I actually had uh, John when I was under contract with the New York Rangers for three years. And uh, let me tell you, those training camps were some of the worst things I've ever gone through in my life. I would absolutely Shocker. dread, absolutely dread going to training camp every single year. Uh, the first two days, there wouldn't be a puck anywhere in sight. And we were running miles, like skating laps. It was, it was absolutely crazy. Um, I do think John Tortorella is a very good hockey coach. Um, statistically numbers don't lie. 
He's won Stanley Cups. Yeah, you can say it's the players uh, he has playing for them, but at the same time, any coach needs his guys playing for him. Having said that, I think this benching nonsense has gone on a little too long. Um, I mean, you see with line A, one game he's hot, he's playing, next minute he's on the bench. Um, a, a guy like him, a high-octane offensive guy, sorry, supposed to be offensive guy, he needs his coach believing in him, especially right now when, um, you know, he's he's not performing the way he needs to perform. Uh, I think John Tortorella isn't the guy for Patrick Laine. I also believe that Columbus is going to send off a couple big pieces here um, uh, by tomorrow. I think Nick Felino. I don't think he'll be in a Columbus jersey any longer. A uh, former teammate of mine who I, who I think the world of, who um, is the kind of guy that's going to help any team on a playoff run. He's a hard-nosed guy that combines skill with that hard style of play, which we don't see too much anymore. So I think he's gone. Um, I don't know what else they're going to move, but I think that John Tortorella's days in Columbus might be numbered, to be honest with you. That uh, seems to be the general consensus. You're right that uh, he uh, might not be back after this season. And uh, I'd really love to know, like, what Cam Atkinson's thinking uh, truly, because he's been sort of this year, like, almost like John Tortorella's PR person, public relations guy, because he's coming out in the media and they're always asking him, "What do you think about the benching stuff with Patrick Lyonet?" And he's basically saying, "Well, you know, that's." That's the way our coach, he does things. And he's basically trying to, you know, just toe the line. I don't know, maybe he likes John. Or is he just trying to, you know, calm the waters? He doesn't want to, he's not going to come out and say, hey, I disagree with it. I think it's a bad coaching decision. No player's going to do that publicly. But it's interesting because he's kind of phrasing his responses to those questions about, and obviously he's one of the leaders on this team for the uh, Jackets, Atkinson. And, and he's basically talking talking about it like, hey, I almost like a PR guy for John. I got to make sure this, we don't, we, we, we prop the coach up a little bit here and make him look, you know, reasonable. And in spite of what he's doing uh, with benching guys left and right, particularly Lion A. So it's just a, I'd love to know if he really, really like agrees or disagrees with it behind the scenes. What would you say? Does, is he on board with what Torts is doing? Is he not? But publicly he's making it sound like, Hey, I'm the, I'm the PR guy for John Tortorella. I'm going to make sure we, we make him look sound good and look good. Uh, so it's kind of interesting the way he's responded a little bit to some of those uh, questions. Uh, great stuff. We got a little bit of uh, anger. We got a little bit of venom out of our special guest today uh, with some of those uh, comments. So that's what we want to see. We want to see that here uh, on the Ice Guys show because God knows I go off the rails with uh, my uh, ranting every now and then. But uh, good stuff, uh, Devin. Very good. All right. You ready to break down this Sunday slate? Let's get into it. Uh, we've got uh, a very uh, interesting slate today. We've got uh, seven games all together. Uh, we'll start with the Buffalo Sabres and the Philadelphia Flyers, uh, 2 p.m. Eastern. We've got Philadelphia, uh, minus 230, home favorites, total five and a half, shaded to the over. Uh, that was a big win for the Flyers in terms of the standings yesterday. They defeat the Boston Bruins 3-2. to two. Uh, it's a team that's had so many defensive problems this season. Goaltending from Brian Elliott and Carter Hart has not necessarily been uh, at the level we expected of them, especially what we saw from them last year. Uh, the Flyers, though, are now only four points out of that final playoff spot. So they know, and Shane Gostaspare said it, Giroux has said it, Voracek, Couturier, the leaders on that Flyers team have all said it. You know, if we're going to make the playoffs, it's got to happen now for us. Uh, we've got to go on this run here. So, it is a scheduling advantage for Buffalo because Philly played yesterday. It's back-to-back -back for them. Uh, that's definitely something you want to keep in mind. But uh, are the Buffalo Sabres going to be uh, able to play spoiler here uh, against uh, the uh, Flyers? That's the question here. Uh, Buffalo split two games with New Jersey. I'll say this about Buffalo. Everybody's been ripping them this season, and rightfully so, especially you know before the firing of Ralph Kruger when they were you know lost 18 in a row. You deserve to be criticized. But under Don Granado, the current interim coach, they've perked up a little bit. Their effort's been better. They've scored goals. You've got some of these younger players. Casey Middlestat has four goals in his last six games. I should be betting that guy from a player prop standpoint. I've been missing out. I've been talking about it on this show, and I'm not practicing what I preach. That's got to end. I got. I should be betting this guy to score goals. He's doing that right now uh, for the Sabres. Uh, he's scoring. Victor Olofsson's been good late. Sam Reinhart has been pretty uh 
uh, solid most of the season as well uh, for the Sabres. I like their effort level, but they're still unfortunately not very good defensively themselves. Uh, Linus Allmark in net, he's had some good games, some bad games. It should be Carter Hart, I would think, in net after Elliott got the start yesterday. I do lean to the over here, five and a half. I've been betting some Buffalo games over the total lately. Yeah, Buffalo-Washington Friday night, I was on the over in that game. Uh, it cashed uh, over six. I think that's what I'm going to go with here, over five and a half, minus 120. As far as the side is concerned, maybe Philadelphia in regulation. I don't know about the puck line. I don't know if I'm there yet with the Flyers even against a team like Buffalo to win by two goals or more. But obviously this is a team that has to play every game down the stretch, Devin, like game seven, because they're four points out of the playoffs. Every game is significant to them. So I'm not stepping in front of Philly here today, uh, especially after they got a confidence boosting win yesterday against Boston. So I lean to Philly in regulation in this game, but I like the over uh, five and a half. Minus 120, even a little bit more than that. Uh, Devin, what's your thoughts here with the Sabres Flyers? So uh, we got a terrible hockey team here in the Buffalo Sabres. Uh, They look like a team that's going to be basically selling anything of value tomorrow. Having said that, they have won the last two games uh, against the Flyers, and the last one was a 6-1 win. Um, The Sabres' only bright spot this year, in, in my opinion, has been their PP, which is ranked uh, 12th in the league, I believe. And uh, having said that, Philly has one of the worst penalty kills in the league this year that's ranked at um, 28th. So I think if Philly you know, gets into penalty trouble today, they might be in a little, little bit of trouble. Um, you got guys that you know maybe are a little bit worried on, on Buffalo about where they're going to be um, come tomorrow, whether they're safe, whether they're not. Um, it can go either way for guys. Some guys maybe won't care, or some guys will be gripping the stick a little harder. Um, other guys might be trying to showcase themselves one last time for for a team that's trying to push for um, a, you know a playoff spot or or even more a, a Stanley Cup berth. So, um, like you said, Philly is coming off a huge win yesterday. Uh, they have been fairly inconsistent th- this year, though. Um, in my opinion, they're a team that should be a lot higher up in the standings than they are. Um, goaltending this year has been terrible. Um, Carter Hart's not the same goalie we saw you, um, this uh, this time last year. Um, for me, I think there's value to be had in Buffalo today. I don't love them, but at the same time, um, I- I'd-, I'd take Buffalo in this one. All right, taking the plunge with the big dog here, plus 195. Look, Alain Vigneault said it after yesterday's win against Boston. I think he's concerned about this game and this spot because you know what he said? He says, we've got to be ready. It was a great win today, but we got to be ready for tomorrow. It's our fifth game in seven days. When a coach is coming out and saying that about the schedule being against them, fifth game in seven days, he's worried. He's concerned, and he's almost like setting the table. Let's get the excuse machine ready in case maybe we have a stinker tomorrow. Uh, that's kind of what it sounds like to me when I hear that. It's our fifth game in seven days. So guess what? If we lose again to the Buffalo Sabres, and let's not forget Buffalo's the team that, or Philly's the team that snapped Buffalo's 18-game losing streak. It was beating the Flyers that snapped that ugly losing streak. Uh, he's almost like saying, you know what? I did say yesterday, fifth game in seven days. Didn't I say it? If they lose today, you can come back and say that, right? Alain Vigneault, <laughs> make it look like, hey, we got a reason we didn't, we didn't play all that great today. Um, that's why it's a fascinating game, because I don't think this is a cinch, this game for the Flyers, not by any stretch of the imagination. Hell, they're not winning games easily at all uh, these days, and it is a big number. I just don't love stepping in front of a focused, motivated team like the Flyers, but there's no way I would endorse laying this big of a number uh, with Philadelphia. The bet I'm going to stick with is the over. And I think I look from a goal-scoring prop standpoint, Konechny for Philly, I think he's going to get it going. And Casey Middlestat for Buffalo, who scored four goals in the last six games. Good value goal-scoring props there to look at here, in my opinion, in this game. You'll get good plus prices. I saw Middlestat like plus 275, plus 300 recently for his goal-scoring props. So you get really, really good prices uh, on those. Uh, next game, we've got Arizona-Vegas. Vegas minus 250, uh, home favorites, total five and a half across the board. I guess the Golden Knights didn't like the loss they suffered against St. Louis. Uh, you know, they didn't play well in the second of the two games against the Blues, and man, they took it out on Arizona. 
uh, the other night. They jumped on the uh, Arizona Coyotes and won it decisively uh, in that game. And now they'll get to play uh, Arizona once again. I mean, it was 4 nothing uh, Vegas in the first uh, 10 minutes of that hockey game. Uh, and they ended up going uh, with a 7-4 uh, to four win. I, Vegas got kind of sloppy uh, late in that game, kind of fell asleep. Uh, Arizona scored a bunch of late goals, but 7-4 uh, to four, uh, was the victory in favor of the Golden Knights. They were up by a, a big uh, margin. Uh, definitely uh, not a good game at all for Arizona. And here's the issue with Arizona, because I've been riding this team over the total, and that's definitely what I'm going to be betting here again is over 5.5. And, and Arizona's, I think, gone over the total. 7-1 and one they are to the over uh, in their last eight games. They're scoring more. Phil Kessel's been good lately, believe it or not. Yes, he has. Uh, Connor Garland, uh, Clayton Keller uh, has been pretty good offensively. This Michael Bunting kid has stepped up and given them some offense. But at the same time, their defensive game has declined. And look, with Antti Ranta and Darcy Kemper both injured at the goaltender position, Aiden Hill has to play every game. And the more teams see him, I think the more they know the tendencies and then the more they know his weaknesses and the more they're exploiting him. And you're, you're seeing him get worse, not better. Aiden Hill with every start in net for Arizona. So you put those two factors together, the offense has improved, the defense has declined, the goaltending is suspect. That's why Arizona is suddenly an over-the-total machine now uh, in every single game. So that's what I'm going to stick with here. Air, uh, Arizona, Vegas, over 5.5, minus a 110. I'm kind of tempted by Arizona in the first period. I don't know if they've got it in them to sustain and win the game for 60 minutes, but you would think after getting a beaten down by Vegas the other night that maybe first period they come out with a fast start, a strong start. And look, these games are significant, Devin, right now to Arizona. They're battling St. Louis for that fourth and final playoff spot right now uh, in that central division. So every game is significant for them uh, right now uh, for the Arizona Coyotes. So we'll see if uh, they're able to uh, keep it going here. Uh, actually, the West Division, I should say, not the Central Division. But Arizona's battling for the final spot there uh, along with St. Louis. So, uh, this is an important game, just as they all are right now for the Coyotes. So I lean Arizona in the first period at a great plus price. Uh, take that shot, maybe. Uh, and also over five and a half for the full game. Look who's in the chat, our colleague, Alex B. Smith. Of course, he's back home tending to a family matter. We hope to have him back on the show this week. He likes the first period over uh, in, in this Arizona-Vegas game. Uh, Devin, what do you think here with the Coyotes and the Golden Knights? I like this Golden Knights team a lot. Uh, they play a great style of hockey. It's fast paced. It's offense first. And it's something they're able to do because they have great defensemen and they have two outstanding goalies. Um, Vegas beat up on on the Coyotes Friday night. I mean, they outshot them 37 to, to 26. And I think that's an indication of what's going to happen again tonight. Um Personally, I believe the Golden Knights are head and shoulders above the Coyotes. I'm not saying the Coyotes are a bad team by any mean, by any means, sorry, but but I do believe that that Vegas is a far better team and they're far too deep, far too skilled. And I mean, up and down the chart, they're just so much better than the Coyotes. Um, another thing I like in this game here is uh, Vegas is 15-4 and 2 at home, which is crazy. Um, I know fans don't really come into effect this year, but just being at home, having that routine, um, you know, being familiar with stuff, that that's something that the players, um, as an ex-player, um, I can tell you it is something that's that's important. Um, I, it looks like Fleury's going to get the start um, today. He's been incredible this year. Um, you know, I still think that Pittsburgh – Shouldn't have let him go. I, I I believe he still had a lot left to give. I know there was cap issues there and whatnot, but uh, he, he's an unbelievable goalie. Uh, I I don't know. I I don't see Arizona being able to stay in this one at all. Um, Vegas has won four or five meetings between the two teams, and you know both teams know that the points are important right now. But I'm taking Vegas all the way to the bank on this one. All right, liking uh, Vegas here, probably the uh, minus one and a half goals. I'd assume you'd want here, not the uh, money line. Yeah, 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 yeah. Minus one and a half here. There'll be a empty netter. If not, uh, I, I think they'll they'll win with ease. But I, I don't think this one will be close enough. That uh, you know, it, it is going to come to an empty netter. I I predict you know a, a four two, a five two kind of thing today. Yeah, the Rick Tockett saying our team was timid. You can't have four or five guys playing. 
uh, and nobody else. And that's kind of what his assessment of what we saw from Arizona uh, on Friday night. Look, there's, there's, to me, there's a class difference from uh, Colorado and Vegas to the rest of the division uh, in my mind. Colorado and Vegas are one and two hands down. Uh, Minnesota is good, but they're not quite there. Uh, and then you've got pretty much everybody else uh, after that. So uh, Arizona definitely, you know, just like they've struggled with Colorado as well, Arizona, they just have a tough time against the superior teams in the division and in the conference, to be honest. Uh, next game, Pittsburgh, Jersey. We've got the uh, Penguins, minus 170 uh, road favorites, total six across the board here. Penguins in New Jersey for the second straight time uh, facing off against one another. Pittsburgh beat them on Friday night. Uh, with the uh, victory that they had against the Devils, although the Devils made them work. I don't know where this offense is coming from for New Jersey, but uh, it's mostly coming from Jack Hughes and Pavel Zaka. Uh, these two guys have really carried the Devils lately since the trade of uh, Zajac and Kyle Palmieri to the New York Islanders. I thought after Palmieri was dealt from the Devils, that's a huge chunk of their offense gone, but give Jack Hughes, Pavel Zaka uh, credit. Those are the two guys that have been carrying the way for the uh, New Jersey Devils offensively. We'll see if they can carry it over here to this game against the uh, Pittsburgh Penguins tonight. Uh, Pittsburgh, obviously a team that's trying to maintain their hold on a playoff spot currently in the very competitive uh, East Division. That East Division is just jammed with a lot of uh, really good hockey teams battling it out. We'll see if they can keep it going here. Uh, in terms of the goaltending matchup in this game, it's Tristan Jari for the Penguins in net. It was Casey DeSmith the other night, uh, and it'll be uh, Mackenzie Blackwood uh, in net for the New Jersey Devils. I kind of lean to the under here. Like it's a six involving a, a, a New Jersey game. I know it went over the total with Pittsburgh the other night. I could see Pittsburgh trying to dumb it down a little defensively tonight in this game. They have played better defensively this season, I think, this uh, Pittsburgh Penguins team. No question about that, especially since they got uh, Brian Dumoulin, you know, one of their best defensemen uh, back from injury. And they're still banged up up front quite a bit with Malkin, Kapanen, uh, Teddy Bluger, uh, Brandon Tanev, all injured up front. I, I think after a high-scoring game between these two teams Friday night, I think there's a chance we could see a little bit of a lower-scoring game tonight. Tristan Jari's going to want to play better. I believe he got pulled in the last start he had, so I think he's going to want to play better. I just don't know if New Jersey can keep scoring goals at this clip with just Jack Hughes and Pavel Zaka, two guys, doing the majority of the scoring for them. So. For me, I would lean a little bit under the total in this game. I'm not going to bet a side because New Jersey's still playing hard, believe it or not. And I don't feel totally comfortable laying this big of a price on the road uh, with the Pittsburgh Penguins. Uh, Deeds, what do you think here? Uh, Penguins taking on the Devils. Oh, he's now done it like everybody else. You're muted. Sorry. Uh, sorry. <laughs> That's right. We've sorry. done it a million times. Welcome to the oh, club. Man. Oh, well, what can you do, eh? So we got two teams here that are uh, heading in different directions. I think Jersey here is starting to wave the the white flag with the trade, the big trade they made uh, at the end of this week, trading away uh, Kyle uh, Palmieri and Mr. Travis Zajac. So they've made it clear that they know they're not a playoff team this year. Pittsburgh is in the playoffs. I think there's a lot of room for improvement in Pittsburgh. Uh, personally, they've done been playing really well though in the last ten. They're seven two and one, including uh, a six four win against Jersey on Friday night. Um, Jari's going to get the start, like you said on Sunday. Uh, save percentage is is respectable at a nine oh six, and the team's confident. You know, I, I think they have confidence in him as probably a a number one goalie down the stretch. Um, I watched the game Friday. I thought Pittsburgh got. Pittsburgh's offense was really clicking. Um, Brian Rust had three points. Sidney Crosby had three points. And uh, I think Pittsburgh's really starting to put their game together. And I think it's scary for other teams in that division because, they're, like you said, too, uh, they're playing without Melkin right now. So um, I, I like Pittsburgh in this one. I don't like the puck line. I like the money line. I know it's it's not great odds for that. Um, but like you said, the Devils still are competing. They, they got a lot of young guys that that want to get better. Um, they're they're also not a great team. They're they're three five and two in their last ten, and they're terrible on home ice. They are four fourteen and three. Um, I'm taking Pittsburgh money line on this one. I I don't know about the under to be honest with you. I think this could be a bit of a Sunday sloppy game, 
uh, with with goaltending not being overly great on both teams. And and like you stated, there's there's a lot of offensive firepower on this. So I might push the over on this one and Pittsburgh money line. Yeah, uh, Pittsburgh on money line minus one seventy five and lean to the over as well. Yeah, Jesper Bratt. I failed to mention him. Good. Uh, thought by Allen in the chat. Yeah, he's been up good offensively lately for New Jersey. Give them credit. Uh, they are scoring. I like I thought after Paul Mary got traded, you'd see some issues with them putting the puck in the net. But, you know, they are a speedy team. You know, they're not going to be a team that's littered with those superstars and, you know, the elite offensive talent. But if you watch New Jersey play, it's been this way the last two years. They're very fast. Their team speed is really good. And they forecheck. They, they turn. That's how they turn over the pucks. They're kind of like Ottawa. You know, Ottawa's struggling, but Ottawa hounds the puck. They're fast, you know, and they just don't let you get the puck easily uh, against them. And New Jersey's got some of those character traits as well, uh, no question. All right, we got Colorado and Anaheim next up. Uh, are you in the mood, Devin, to lay minus 340 uh, with the Colorado Avalanche in this game? Because that that's 340 bucks to win 100 uh, That yeah. is That's a massive price right there. Not really worth it at all, is it? Especially for a team that's had uh, a ton of success against Anaheim. Uh, Philip Grubauer is having an unbelievable year. It looks like he's going to get the start. Twenty-four, eight, and one. You know, he's <laughs> for me. This is a no-brainer. But like you said, what's the point of even playing it? You're risking a lot to to not really win that much. Um, I don't like the Ducks at all. I do like the under in this game. I I think the Ducks. Um, despite being a not very good team, they they are a pretty good defensive team. Uh, they've allowed the second fewest goals per game this year at at two point two, and uh, Colorado obviously uh, Colorado obviously um, has a strong team that also plays strong defensively, limiting their uh, teams to only two point three five goals against. So I like the under in this one. Uh, big Stratford, Ontario native Keaton Middleton made his debut for the Colorado Avalanche on the blue line on Friday night. So super excited for him. Nice seeing guys from your hometown starting in the NHL lineup. Uh, I do think Colorado wins tonight. Don't like it enough to take puck line or money line. I do like the under in this one, though. All right, liking the under. And, of course, it stayed under the total the other night, Colorado uh, and Anaheim. And it stayed under the total miracle with Jonas Johansson in net that night for the Colorado avalanche. And of course he's had a terrible season for the most part, but look, they're facing Anaheim, a, a, a pedestrian offensive team. Uh, they played well in front of them. It should be Grubauer tonight because I think they'll go back to him after Johansson got the start the other night should be Gibson for Anaheim. So uh, definitely I could, I could see the under hitting uh, in this game with the uh, ducks and the abs. Yeah. I'm, I'm passing on this game. I have no bet side or total. Uh, it's a big price. And, yeah, I get excited for the hometown guys playing in the NHL too, Devin, just like you, the guys that are from your area, like Mark Jankowski. He's from Hamilton. He plays for Pittsburgh. Uh, like Darnell Nurse, he's from Hamilton, plays for the Edmonton Oilers. So you get excited uh, for those guys that are, are from your area and are in the NHL, making it happen, uh, getting to the big show uh, and getting the job done. No question. You feel good for them. Uh, no doubt about it. Uh, Rangers and Islanders, Battle of New York. Uh, we've got the Islanders minus 125. Home favorites, total five and a half shaded to the under in this game. This is tricky because I feel like if I bet against one of these teams, it's going against one of my great loves uh, because uh, I like both of these teams. I bet on both of these teams quite a bit uh, this season. I like the Rangers the way they played lately. They had a nice four to one win against the Islanders on Friday night, but this feels like an Islanders spot to me. It just does with them coming off that really rough home loss to the Rangers Friday night. It's another game now for Palmieri and Zajac, the two new additions to the Islanders to get comfortable, get a couple games under their belt with their new teammates, their new line mates. I think they're probably going to feel a little bit more comfortable tonight and moving forward going into this game. They're very good at home off a loss, the New York Islanders. Their record is outstanding in that spot this season. So um, I don't know if I'm going to bet it, and I like the way the Rangers are going. Look, their offense has got it kicking right now. Zabanajad almost scores every game these days. Panarin, since they got him back from his little exodus, you know, he had those little problems back home in Russia that he had to deal with. And now he's back with the team. And since he came back, Devin, that's when they took off the Rangers and started to play better. Their goaltending from Shesterkin and Georgiev has been better lately. But I do think the Islanders in this spot off the loss to the Rangers, four to one, it wasn't a great game. Barry Trotz didn't even like their game. They won before that against Philly where 
you know, they got out to the two nothing lead. Philly tied it and the Islanders survived and won it, but he said he didn't like their last two periods of that game. So you just get the sense that this could be a spot where the Islanders really uh, bounce back strong and have a good performance. So I lean Islanders for sure here. Uh, minus 125 uh, is the current price for them uh, on the money line here. Uh, Devin, what do you think here? This battle in New York with the Rangers and Islanders. I'm with you on this one too. Um, the setup here is kind of, you know, the Rangers went into New the island and, and won 4-1 there two nights ago as slight dogs. And uh, I personally think the Islanders are, are going to want revenge for that. I do like the way New York Rangers have been playing, but at the same time, I think the Islanders are a better club. Um, they're two teams that play somewhat similar, but the Rangers are only 10-9 and nine on the road. Um, the Isles are very hot at home as well, 17-2-1. And, and they're like you mentioned, uh, coming off a loss, they have a very respectable uh, record at 7-2. and two. So um, for me, I like the Islanders a lot in this one. I don't like the puck line. I like the money line, but I do like the Islanders. Liking the Islanders as well, uh, minus 125. Liking them here, Devin Didiometti in this one. 17 and four at home this year. Uh, they're tied with Colorado for the most uh, home wins uh, in the NHL. So they've played well at home. They've been good, you know, in terms of bouncing back. The record off a loss as well <clears throat> is outstanding. Uh, they're still 23 and nine as well. Their last 32 games overall, the New York Islanders. Nobody pays attention, deeds, to this team. And all they do is they play sound hockey, good defensively, an excellent head coach in Barry Trotz. And Matt Barzell is a great player, but nobody thinks of him as a superstar. Anthony Beauvillier, great player, nobody thinks of him as a superstar. That's why they're always a team. From a betting standpoint, there's value. They don't get the uh, attention that Tampa does and you know a lot of the uh, Boston, Pittsburgh, uh, some of the other teams in the East. But this is just a well-oiled machine. It's a good defense, solid goaltending from Varlamov, well-coached. They have you know a decent enough offense, which has been – strengthened now with Paul Mary coming on board. So this is definitely an Islanders team to watch out for. They can compete. They can compete for Stanley. They went to the conference final last year for crying out loud. What more do you want this team to do to show people that, Hey, they can compete for a Stanley cup. They're, they're a very good hockey team, but I think some people overlook them and just skip right on past the Islanders when they're talking about all the good teams in the NHL, you got to put the Islanders for sure uh, in that mix. No question. Uh, Adam Fox, by the way, for the Rangers on their blue line is playing really well. He's really developing before our eyes as a nice defenseman. So keep an eye on his play. He keeps getting better for the Rangers. No question. All right. Next game is Washington, Boston, uh, the Capitals minus 125 minus 130 road favorites, total five and a half year across the board. Uh, Devin, this Boston blue lines mangled. It's a shit show. Uh, right now with this Bruins blue line at the moment in terms of injuries. I mean, it is really concerned. Bruce Cassidy looks worried. He didn't like, obviously, seeing what happened yesterday, losing another defenseman, Matty Grizzlick, uh, to injury. He's already got no Charlie McAvoy, no Brandon Carlo, no John Moore uh, on that blue line. It is a shorthanded defense, shorthanded blue line. Do you know what I think? The first thing I think of when I see a team with cluster injuries on the blue line is I think they're going to give up goals. And I think that's what we're going to end up seeing here with Boston here today against Washington. And Daniel Vladar will be in net for this game. They've been riding Jeremy Swayman uh, the last couple of games. But back to Dan Vladar here in this game tonight on the back-to-back. -back. I know he's played okay at times, but he's still a very young goalie. I don't think he played all that great his last start uh, that he had in net. I believe it was against the Flyers. And now he's got a – look, he's got a blue line that's patchwork tonight for this Boston team. I mean, you're down three – outstanding, not just good, three outstanding starting defensemen, Brandon Carlo, Charlie McAvoy, and now Matt Grizzlick. They're all out for the Bruins. So that's a significant hole on the blue line, on the back end that the Bruins have to fill uh, going into this game. Oh, and you got to try to do it against Ovechkin, Kuznetsov, Oshie, uh, Backstrom, and, and all this weaponry and firepower that the uh, Bruins have, or the Capitals have, I should say, going into this game. So I like Washington here a little bit. Minus 125, minus 130. They're also rested versus a non-rested Bruins team that played yesterday uh, in Philadelphia. So it's a back-to-back -back for the Bruins. Washington played Friday against Buffalo, so they have a little bit of a rest advantage. I like the Capitals here. I like the over as well uh, in this game. Five and a half, uh, minus 110. I believe Washington lost to Boston earlier this week as well at home. 
the Bruins beat them uh, four to two. So a little revenge spot as well for the Capitals here. Depleted Boston blue line. I like the Capitals. I like over the total uh, as well. Uh, Deeds, what do you think here with uh, Washington taking on Boston? I think you hit the nail on the head there, Ian. Uh, Boston is beat up on the back end. And any team you see succeed in the National League generally have great defensemen. Um, I personally believe everything starts from the back end out with goaltending and defensemen. Boston is beat right up on the back end, and they have to deal with a high-octane offensive team today in the Washington Capitals. I think Washington's going to go into Boston today, and I think they're going to win. Um, I think I would even take Washington puck line on this. I do believe that it is going to be a high-scoring game. I like Ovechkin to score here. I think Boston's going to run into a little bit of penalty trouble with, uh, you know, D that aren't used to, to getting the minutes they have, you know, maybe taking some bad penalties. I think Washington's power play is absolutely going to expose them. And with, with Washington's power play success comes Alex Ovechkin's success. And I think Big OV is going to have a big night tonight. I think the Caps are going to come out of Boston with a big win and get a little bit redemption from earlier on in the week. So that's where I stand on that one. All right, Washington, and it sounds like Deeds is going to go puck line you know, for a little, little extra value. Get that plus price with the minus one and a half goals here uh, on the Washington Capitals uh, to jump on the uh, Boston Bruins here in this game. I'm going to go a little safer. I'm going to be Mr. Conservative here. Minus 130 with the money line. Play it safe, uh, but I'd like them to win, and I'll go over the total as well. And, yeah, just a lot of injuries for Boston on the blue line. Look, you played on a bunch of teams in your career. When there's like three – I'm not just talking about one guy. I'm talking about – three or four key contributors to a defense, to a blue line that are all out at the same time. How many games usually, in your opinion, you know, do you think that takes for the team to adjust and, and figure it out at the back end? Because you got to think it's not going to be instantaneously. Yeah, it's, I think it can go one of two ways, to be honest with you. With uh, injuries always comes opportunities for other guys, whether it's your 5-6 D-man uh, stepping up to play the role of a 3-4 D-man or a young prospect coming up to, to fill a void of a, a superstar defenseman. Having said that, this is the National League and one, two, three, four defensemen on the ranks, they're that for a reason. They're making big money for a reason. Those vil uh, those holes are usually very hard holes to fill um, prospects aren't going to fill these overnight your five six seven defenseman isn't going to fill it overnight uh, it could be a world of trouble I think guys will play up uh, you know step up play more minutes than they're used to contribute as as well as they can but at the same time it's it's a position that's hard to fill it's you know finding a good defenseman in the National League is so hard and now Boston has three of them out. Um, you know, if I'm Bruce Cassidy, I'm shaking my head. W what am I going to do? Um, you know, it's a it's a tough time to lose three year better defensemen right now. They're they're in a dog hunt for the playoffs. Um, I don't know. I, I think it's going to be tough. Hopefully, they can fill those voids. Um, maybe we'll look. Uh, sorry, maybe we'll see them make a, a minor move tomorrow. Uh, with trade deadline coming up here and uh, yeah. get some depth on the back end. Yeah, that's an excellent point. And I didn't mention that. And you're you're right. I think if you're Don Sweeney, the GM of the Bruins, now you are going to have to look, I think, maybe at a, at a blue line or what. You don't know for sure how long the injuries are going to be right now to McAvoy, Carlo, and with uh, Grizzlick now as well. And again, this is a team that still wants to make noise in the playoffs if they're in there. So if they hope to do that, they probably have to make a move to maybe upgrade this blue line with no certainty of the timeline. For any of these guys that are injured right now on the blue line. Uh, good stuff. Final game now. Dallas, Nashville. Last game on the board for this Sunday. We've got Dallas minus 110 to minus 115. Uh, road favorites. The total five and a half shaded to the under. Uh, lots of money coming in on the under. I could probably understand why that is. I'd expect a, a pretty tight, lower scoring game with the Stars and the Predators here. Huge game. Dallas is now right just only a few points now behind Nashville after the last two wins. They beat Chicago 5-1. I'll tell you what, a hell of an impressive win yesterday against a very good Florida Panthers team uh, for the Dallas Stars. Uh, they're, they're starting to get better. And if you look at their advanced numbers, the, the ones that I pay attention to are expected goals margins for and against, expected goals for percentage, high danger chances. Dallas is surging up the NHL leaderboard, if you will, in a lot of those key categories, which indicates their their quality of play is improving. And it's improving significantly, and it's improving quickly. 
And this is a huge game for them. This is the team they have to catch. Nashville's got that fourth playoff spot right now uh, in the Central Division. For a team that went to the Stanley Cup final last year, this is a team that wants to at least get in the playoffs. I mean, they feel they're good enough. They Remember, this is a Dallas team, Devin. They had the COVID-19 issues in training camp. They had their season uh, didn't start for two weeks. They had the Texas issues. They had flooding in Texas. That delayed some of their games at one point, and it's completely threw this team's rhythm and routine out of, out of, out of whack. And I think it took them a while to get going. They had injuries to deal with. They're starting to get healthier now. And they're playing some of their better hockey the last week or so. Week to two weeks, in fact, this Dallas team. So I'm I'm thinking backing Dallas here in this game. Minus 110, minus 115. I like the way they're trending. Nashville did get Ryan Ellis back. Huge piece to their blue line to go along with, you know, Yossi and Ekholm. Uh, but they miss Eli Tolvanen. He is out. Uh, he was playing on the top line, but he got injured. And he had been a huge uh, spark for the offense of this Nashville Predators team. Of course, they lose to Tampa Bay uh, last night to the Lightning. Back-to-back -back for both teams. But Dallas played an afternoon game yesterday. Nashville played at night, so a little bit more, uh, although there is travel for Dallas to Nashville, but still a little bit more rest prior to this game for Dallas. I like the Stars here. I like the way they're trending. Nashville, I think they can't keep playing this way with so many key cogs out of the lineup still. Uh, and rely on it to keep going for them. Uh, I'm going to look to, and Dallas is the team in the trail position here. They need to win this game. They need to close the gap on Nashville. They have to treat this game like, hey, we got to get the points here. We got to get the win. This is the team we got to try to catch. I like their current form as well. So I'm on Dallas here, minus 110 uh, in this game, and I lean under the total as well. Uh, Deeds, what do you think here? Where are you going in this one, Dallas and Nashville? I'm with you on this one. I think both teams are are trending in the right direction. Um, they're both teams that started off pretty slow and were underachieving in terms of, of what people thought they should be. Um, I look at the success Nashville's had, and they've beat up on, on a couple hockey clubs that aren't that great. They've beat up on Detroit. I mean, they beat them 7-1 and then beat them 3-2. Uh, they played Chicago, who came out of the gates hot, but, you know, is, is an average team in my opinion. And then they played Dallas and lost 4-1. Um, I like Dallas a lot. Uh, I think this is going to be a playoff-style hockey game because of how important the game is. I do believe it's going to be a low-scoring game. I'm with you on that one. But if I had to lean one way, I would like to take Dallas. Um, yeah, they, they had travel. Um, you know, Nashville's not a great team at home. You look at their their home record, I think they're only 11-9, uh, and nine, so I'm not worried about that. Dallas is – they're both about 500. Um, Dallas 500 on the road. Nashville close to 500 at home. So I don't think home ice advantage plays a key in today's game. I think Dallas is the better team, so I would take them money line. All right, like in Dallas, minus 110, Devin on the money line as well. You're right. I've, I've been banging that drum for two years. Nashville's home ice ain't what it used to be. I mean, I know they get the country music fans and they get, you know, it's a loud building at playoff time and in the regular season two years ago. But, you know, the last couple of years, even before the pandemic uh, deeds, when there were fans in the building, they didn't have a good home record last year either. In the last couple of years, they haven't played as well at home. So it's not that same dominant home team, Nashville, that say they were, you know, three, four, five, six years ago. Uh, and you've definitely seen that with their recent home uh, record. So both of us like in Dallas here uh, in this game. Uh, great stuff, Devin. You brought it today. You brought your A game, man. Awesome job. Uh, great to have you as a special guest once again uh, on the Ice Guys show. Before we wrap it up, a reminder, hit the like button. You're right. We, you know, we got over 100 live views here. Hit that like button. I mean, we've got to get, you know, we're getting 5,000 downloads now uh, on the uh, podcast version of this show as well. So it's great to see the show is growing here on the Hockey Podcast Network. We appreciate it. Keep spreading the word uh, about the programming. Check out the other podcasts on the Hockey Podcast Network too. Team Podcast, Terry Ryan's podcast is a hoot. It's absolutely outstanding. Uh, he likes to chatting it up with a lot of those old enforcer uh, buddies of his it's it's a good podcast so uh, definitely make sure you check that out as well uh, on the hockey podcast network a reminder to download the DraftKings sportsbook app sign up for an account use the promo code thpn uh, there's a lot of things going on in sports right now to place some money on nhl nba major league baseball daily uh, you've got the nfl draft later this month 
there'll be props for the draft. You can bet how many teams are going to get drafted from the SEC or the Big Ten uh, in the first round. Props like that. How many Alabama players drafted in the first? There's going to be all kinds of props for the NFL draft at DraftKings later this month. Uh, so make sure uh, you sign up for an account on DraftKings. Uh, use the promo code THPN. You'll get uh, deposit bonuses, weekly specials, weekly incentives, all uh, available to you. So take advantage of that. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app, sign up for that account, and use the promo code THPN. All right, Devin, it's the end of the show, which always means best bets uh, to wrap up the show. Uh, I'll start with you since you're the special guest today. Uh, what do you got for us for best bet on this Sunday NHL card? I really like Vegas puck line today. Um, I think the game Friday night was an indication of Sorry, I thought it was on mute there. I didn't have the screen up. Uh, yeah, I thought Friday's indication is is a lot of how the game's going to go today. They're just such a better team. Their record at home is unbelievable. Uh, Arizona's not playing their best hockey. I like Vegas a lot puck line today. That would be my go-to bet. All right, there it is. Best bet, Vegas Golden Knights puck line, minus one and a half goals for uh, Devin Didiometti with his best bet deeds. Follow him on Twitter at Deeds2424. I know he says he doesn't use Twitter much and is not on it very much, but hey, give him a follow anyway. Get that follower count up for him. We, <laughs> we appreciate that. Get him to uh, 10,000 followers. We can get we can get him there with this show alone, I think. Uh, good stuff. Uh, my best bet, it's going to be uh, – There's some. T I'm going back and forth here on, on what I like as best bet here. I'm going to go with – I'm going to go Washington-Boston over. Uh, five and a half minus 110. Uh, I think the Bruins realize too. And the one thing about Washington is their defense isn't a lockdown defense right now. They're kind of giving up goals, giving up chances. Vitek Banachek has been hit or miss in net. I like the Washington side too, but I think I like the total even more. So I'm going to go Washington, Boston over five and a half minus 110. As we spoke about, Bruins blue line beat up to shit right now. Uh, with so many injuries, I think that's definitely going to show up tonight uh, in this game. So for me, Capitals, I like the Capitals too, but for best bet, I'm going to go Capitals Bruins over five and a half minus 110 for my best bet. That'll wrap up this edition of the Ice Guys. Thanks again to our special guest, Devin Didiometti Deeds, his nickname, Deeds2424 on Twitter. We hope to have him back. Uh, at least a couple more times, at least later on this season. Uh, thanks to everyone for tuning in. A reminder, the Ice Guys is live on YouTube seven days a week, Monday to Friday, 2 p.m. Eastern, Saturday, Sunday, noon Eastern. And if you can't watch the show live, download the Ice Guys podcast in audio form on all major podcast platforms. For our special guest, Devin Didiometti, I am Ian Cameron. Have a great Sunday. Enjoy the games and good luck. And we'll talk to you again tomorrow on Monday for another edition of the Ice Guys presented by the Hockey Podcast Network. Now a show that's going to give you the truth about the biggest epidemic of our times. We're all a little crazy. We're all a little crazy is brought to you by the Same Here Global Mental Health Movement and the Hockey Podcast Network. This is NHL great mental health advocate and member of the Same Here Alliance, Theo Fleury. This is 20-year professional sports executive, mental health advocate, and founder of the hashtag Same Here Global Mental Health Movement, Eric Cusin. This is Darren Ravel, sports business insider, mental health advocate, and founder of the Same Here Influencer Alliance. We're so afraid as a society to rip the Band-Aid off the topic in a real way. Anytime you open up about something that's controversial or taboo, the first one through the wall always gets bloodied. And that's why we're doing this. We don't mind being the ones getting bloodied. We put our stories out there well before it was a thing to do for a reason. Because as much as they're extreme examples of how far you can fall, they show everyone the challenging life experiences impact everyone, even those of us who have reached the top of our competitive industries. The issue in media today, traditional media and social media, we are so quick to look for simple answers, simple explanations. We want everything wrapped in a bow. But this topic is messy. The nuances need to be explained. Yeah, it needs real, long-form conversation like this. I'm just thrilled that we can be real with people and address the current events happening in this space in real time and set the record straight. More talk happening doesn't mean it's helping the conversation move forward. The words we use matter.
We have the greatest mental health awareness in the history of our planet, and yet the mental health trends and outcomes are awful. It means the current messages aren't working. Find me a person who hasn't faced trauma in their lives. Anyone. You can. Things have affected all of us. It's why we all say we are all a little crazy in our own unique ways. This topic isn't for one in five of us with mental illness. It's for five in five whose mental health has been impacted. This isn't an athlete issue. It's not a musician issue. It's a societal one. This is the greatest epidemic of our time. No, it's not about stopping any stigma. It's about us all saying same here. Our openness and the commonality in our struggles, that's what erodes stigma better and faster than any campaign telling people to stop anything ever will. Available on all podcast apps. Do us a favor and download each episode before you listen. And if you're an Apple user, please rate and review the podcast as it helps us get these important conversations out to reach a larger audience.